Alex York. I'm at Founders Forum in New York City with Gil Feig. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So you are the co-founder of Merge. Walk us yeah. through what Merge is for someone who has not heard of it yet. What void are you filling in the market? What industry are you really um, taking on right now with this company? Absolutely. Merge is a platform that helps companies build customer-facing integration. So any B2B company that needs to offer integrations to their customers, they integrate once with Merge and then they can offer 50, 100 integrations. Um, and these range anywhere from you know, HR and recruiting space to ticketing, CRM, ERP platforms, um, you know, accounting, file storage, and you know, a lot of others to come. Very cool. What initially led you to this industry, to this company specifically? Yeah, my co-founder and I both ended up at startups that were running into this problem specifically. Um, so we were building integrations with a bunch of different platforms at our previous companies. Her more from the business side, seeing the, the cost that it was incurring, um, working very closely with the executives as chief of staff to the CEO. For me, I was leading engineering at a startup that was in the recruiting space. We also had to build integrations with a bunch of platforms. It was really weighing on the whole organization, really expensive, and that's why we decided to tackle it. Yeah. What were some of the most specific either problems that you ran into or specific integrations that you saw were really crucial as businesses continue to grow in today's market and today's technologies? So we were seeing that uh, as companies were growing in general in the B2B space, everybody needed integrations. And the, the sort of tough part for us was that every integration was different, mm -hmm. right? We were working on recruiting at my last startup, Shensi's startup, my co-founder was working on, um, you know, cyber, they were cybersecurity, they had to build ticketing integrations with Jira and Asana and all of those. Uh, and as we talked to more companies, we saw people wanted to integrate with ticketing, you know, help desk and task management and you know, just all sorts of different things. Um, and that was the hard part. But I think what was what was great was we were able to come up with a solution that applied to all of them and sort of boiled down the problem, which is that today's B2B companies build integrations uh, and they have to build integrations with all the competitors in a space because they don't know which one their customers might be using. Definitely. What did you study in school? What made your background and your co-founder's background the right pairing to really found this company and grow it? Yeah, my co-founder and I met freshman year of college. Okay. Um, so we stayed best friends all throughout school. We were both computer science. I mean, I was computer engineering, but very, very similar. Uh, and so we, we really worked together on a lot of things. We were class president, vice president together, which is still our number one claim to fame. <laughs> um, but no, we, we, you know, obviously we had majored in the same things and then working together through some hard, you know, constraints when we threw events for our class, when we pushed to get certain, you know, rules changed, all of that showed that we were both really dedicated and sort of a, a great pairing. And then obviously having that engineering background really helped. After school, I went into engineering specifically. And so I had, you know, experience building systems. Shensi went into finance. So she was doing uh, investment banking and then private equity. And obviously from the private equity side, she saw a lot of what it took to build a great company, um, what, what good metrics looked like, what we really needed to strive to accomplish. Definitely. What did that then turn into when you were growing the team and bringing other people on board? Obviously you and your co-founder have a lot of you know similar experiences or, or skill sets, I guess. What were you looking for then when you decided to expand your team and really like build a fully functioning company? So I think baseline, you know, your team has to have really good skills. You need you need a talented team, uh, but we also love to bet on up and comers. Mm -hmm. I think even more so than looking for people who have done something before, we look for people who have a chip on their shoulder and really want to do something for the first time. Uh, so. You know, we look for, for drive, we look for commitment, we look for people who 
want to be at a startup and know why they want to be at a startup. Uh, and you know, I, I think that's really built a team of people who love coming in. We are in person every day. Um, and that's, that's built sort of a very dedicated team. We really love each other. We lead with kindness and compassion, but we're direct and we tell each other you know, how we can improve. Uh, and I think we've built that, that culture of constant improvement, um, but also being dedicated to the cause of merge and why we're building what we're building. Yeah. What have been the biggest challenges, both within the B2B software space and also just as a startup that so much you know, comes at you when you're trying to build a business and grow a business? So industry specific and just as a startup founder, what have the biggest challenges been? So hiring good people has been really tough. Um, I, you know, good people are wanted by every company, so you have to be competitive. Uh, that's been a big challenge. I think we've we've managed to do it, but you know, continuing to do so remains a challenge. Um, Building a good product that serves the needs of all of our customers. You get pulled in a million directions. There's never room in the roadmap to do everything you want to do. And so we really have to select, you know, based on, on who the customers are that are asking for certain things, balance that with future growth and how we can, you know, work on long-term initiatives. There's never enough time in the day. And I think that that remains, you know, one of our other big challenges. Yeah. Who are the majority of your customers today and what is the messaging from Merge that really encourages them to come on board? Yeah, so Merge uh, sells to B2B companies, primarily SaaS companies, okay. ranging all, all sizes. So we have pre-seed companies up to Fortune 500s. Um, and you know the needs, I would say the use cases vary a lot, but the needs are the same. Mm -hmm. Every company needs to offer integrations to their customers if they want to be competitive. And so not only is there a really big market for it, but we're seeing that market grow because you have new entrants, uh, new companies starting. You also have certain companies uh, digitalizing their strategies, adopting more integrations, their competitors seeing what's happening, and then also reaching out to merge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How has the past couple of years, both with the kind of influx of new technologies, also COVID pushing so many people online to, you know, transform into e-commerce brands, essentially, how have all of these changes really turned up in terms of the customers that you're bringing on and then also how Merge really functions? Have you guys had to change or iterate at all on what your offerings are or how you're approaching kind of the growth for you and your customers then? So fun fact about Merge is we started two months into COVID uh -huh. um, and we were always in person. And the way we did that was, you know, we had a small COVID bubble, me and my co-founder in my apartment starting mm -hmm. Merge. And then as we grew and hired more people, COVID pandemic kind of lessened a bit. There was obviously a period of a spike where we, we went remote for a week or two, but otherwise, we were in person and I think we, so we haven't really seen the market do anything but grow in the integration space because, you know, like you mentioned, this sort of remote, uh, atmosphere does encourage businesses to want to be more interconnected. You have less in-person interaction. And so, um, yeah, and I think one other big thing we've noticed is just the, in general, the unbundling of a lot of these big software suites. Um, so you have incredible platforms like Workday and SAP, uh, and they do a lot of things very well, but you also see people now wanting to piece out and use all these startups that formed during the pandemic for other aspects, like really good async performance reviews, you know, all of that. And instead of that data existing in one database, now they need integrations to pull that across. So it still, you know, feels like one product, no matter what you choose to use. We've only seen that accelerate. Um, we expect it to continue to do so as the world embraces a, a sort of hybrid workforce. What has been the biggest challenge or risk, I guess, as you decide where you're moving next? There, like we have been talking about, just so many changes and it's constantly changing in, in the business space, in the B2B space. What are some challenges or risks that you're looking out for um, and trying to maybe navigate through or avoid in the future? Yeah, we have to really monitor um, what, what, again, what spaces are really demanding of presence. Uh, and you know, I, right now, one of our biggest, fastest growing categories is ticketing, which is help desk and project management. Um, and a lot of companies need those integrations, 
but three years ago, people didn't. It, it just wasn't as common and it wouldn't have been a great way to start the merge business. Mm -hmm. But now we've done it because the market has moved in that direction. So we really need to stay on top of seeing which industries um, and which types of software are, you know, being, have customers that are demanding them to be more connected and making sure that we're predicting that one to two years in advance, we're able to build a very solid, robust product um, there. And then also rise of data security and privacy. Um, obviously has always been a, a thing, but it's become more important than ever now. Uh, as Merge sells to bigger enterprise companies, we've had to offer things like on-prem, hosting your own uh, sort of you know data center. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do a balance, we do sort of a mixed approach so that we're able to still support our customers so it's not completely on-prem. And we're continuing to explore a lot of solutions like that to make sure that our customers have peace of mind. Yeah. With the influx of things like AI or you know other sort of computer programming that a lot of companies are using right now, these new technologies, how is Merge incorporating that into your own business model? So Merge actually has a sort of two-pronged approach to AI. So one is we're using AI to help us build our integrations, help us maintain them, detect problems you know, right when they happen, and try to auto-heal if possible. That's obviously a dangerous, slippery slope, so we're very careful about the rollout of that, but it has really accelerated our pace of development. But then the other piece is you have all these AI startups popping up, one of the biggest advantages that any AI startup can have is to have more data on their customers to be able to provide better insights, take better actions, uh, and Merge is powering that ecosystem. We have a lot of AI customers that ingest their customers' data using Merge and then provide a really rich experience. Yeah. What are your biggest expectations or predictions for the B2B software space in the next five to 10 years? So we see fragmentation continuing to happen as, as you know all these companies you know, become niche specialists in areas and become the best at performance reviews, the best at headcount planning, as opposed to just uh, your overall ERP system for, for, you know, planning the future of your company. Uh, those companies need more integrations and we're just going to continue to see that happening. Um, and then the other piece is we're continuing to see customers demand that the vendors that they buy from have integrations. And if those vendors do not offer a very solid suite of integrations, including the, the other complementary products that the buyers are using, they're not going to buy those new products. Yeah. And my last kind of section of questions I have for you, you are an under 30 alum. What is your biggest piece of advice for young founders today? As we've been mentioning, more and more businesses are popping up and that you know inevitably means more young founders are coming into the ecosystem. What's your biggest piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that you would want to let all of them know? I think just do it. It's scary. You have to take the leap. Mm -hmm. um, what I will say though is there is a right time and a right way to, to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't do it with no experience. I think having two years of experience at a startup is incredibly valuable and you have diminishing returns on, on the years that you put in. I think just seeing what it's like to work in a fast-paced environment to have some sort of model or goal to strive to create your own company is important. Mm -hmm. So I would say doing two years at a startup, incredibly important. And I think having a, an idea that's a real business, it's viable, and has a market that's you know in the multi-billion dollar range, you can't build a startup in the, the million dollar range or else you're just not going to be able to mm -hmm. capture and really build a, a big company. Um, unless you want to build a lifestyle business, which of course is, is totally understandable and uh, a great path as well. Yeah. As a young founder yourself, are there any business owners <clears throat> or business leaders or companies that you have really looked up to as you've been growing Merge? Absolutely. So we we are big fans of Plaid because they were uh, they were innovators in, mm -hmm. in the API space in general. Um, 
I think what they did was opened up a whole new line of businesses that otherwise couldn't have existed. They, they enabled anyone to let their customers connect their banks. And I think it's similar for us. You know, you have these AI startups that can now ingest data from hundreds of sources. And previously to build hundreds of integrations, mm -hmm. you needed to have a team of 100 engineers. And now it's sort of democratizing access to, to data and really giving anyone the ability to move. Um, and you think about you know AWS and, and managed cloud was the sort of pivotal wave that allowed small, you know, anyone to really build a, a scalable tech company that could that can grow and they don't have to have an, a warehouse and all of that. And the same applies to integrations. Mm -hmm. It's that next wave that really allows a small team to do much bigger things. Yeah. My last question for you, what is something that the under 30 community might not know about you? Hmm. I got a cease and desist letter from Facebook <laughs> when I was 16 um, for Why? <laughs> for uh, for doing that, this concept of fan pages on their on their site, and uh, I did them. You had to complete a survey to see them. It was a teenage money making scheme that I had, mm -hmm. and they didn't like it and told me to stop. Well, did you learn any lessons from it that have informed how you go about you know being a, an entrepreneur today? Yeah, I think I think what was cool was that it really blew up. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I it, it gave me that ability to really believe in myself. Obviously, it taught me that there are bounds to that, and it's also easy to blow up if you're breaking someone's terms of service. So, you know, I think be respectful, but work hard, push. If you believe in something, just do it. You never know what's going to happen. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. I was thank so you. excited to have chatted about all this. Absolutely. Thank you.